bad, bad addict. Um, every time I was able to get a loan, I was doing drugs. I've been in prison four times, twice in the state, twice in the feds. I was doing all this crazy stuff, cooking drugs and just staying high. God called me from a prison cell. I was a homeless drug addict, and my hope was found in a needle. I was eight months pregnant, homeless, um, living out of my van. You know, it wasn't freeway that saved me, it wasn't John Stroop that saved me, but God uses freeway in such a mighty way as a tool to reach these people. There's not a community or a county in America that doesn't have a drug problem. And the, the church has the answer and it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Welcome to One Broken Life. My name is John Stroop. This is part two with my special guest, Jeff Stone King. Amen. Thank you for having me. Good to be back with you, my brother. Amen. Um, you hear about the negative impact that drugs and crime make on our community. You hear about the fatherless homes, and you hear about um, institutions being full. But what you don't hear about is the, the positive impact one radically changed drug addict, ex-drug addict, makes on, on our community when the Lord gets a hold of them. And so this podcast is directed towards that uh, victory, that testimony, Um we share those stories, and we're going to explore the intimate details of Jeff's life. Uh, we we did part one, and uh, we like to go part one is like the before Christ uh, part of your life, and then part two is the after Christ, um, whenever God gets hold of you and what God is doing now in your life after you've met with him and, and your life's been changed. And so, so excited to have you with me, brother. Thank you for having me for part two. You had me for part one. This yeah. is part two. And part of the the podcast, you know, we want to do everything based on Scripture and the Word of God to be our platform and be our, our, our foundation. And so we have a couple of verses that we like to share. In Psalms fifty one seventeen, it says the sacrifice of God are a broken and contrite heart, that God won't despise that. And um, and then Philippians 1, 12, uh, the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. And, and so we, we kind of... We, we want to get to that that broken place in your life. And we, we shared that. We went over that. And so now we're going to transition into, you know, what God is doing now, who you are today. And so we know where you came from. So if you didn't watch part one, you need to stop. Uh, and you need to go back and you need, need to watch to go or, back. or listen to part, part one first. And so, Jeff, you came from homelessness. You came from a broken home. You came from... Uh, addiction and um, that criminal lifestyle. I've been in prison several times. You've uh, been in treatment centers, and uh, none of that worked. And so uh, just to recap, a man who was saved at our ministry, our outreach freeway ministries, and uh, plugged into the local church on a random, just to grow, uh, door knocking, witnessing, uh, you know, he took you in the, his house. He yes. let you stay with him. And then you ended up coming to Freeway and Crossway Baptist Church, one of our partnering one of our partnering churches. Um, and then you know he brings you to Freeway and you get saved. Our outreach and you get saved. And so uh, just talking through this, wh where was the first place you served in the church? You know, I uh, began to um, 
So when I met Justin, it was in 2014, and I didn't get saved until November of 2015. So living with Justin, I, you know, I was in church, and uh, but I, I, I was the first place that I actually served at in the church, uh, pre being born again, saved, uh, was in the choir, and uh, you know I used to have to take take a bus to get to places. Yeah, don't laugh at me. No, I had thought in my mind. <laughs> no one knows I'm laughing unless they are on the video. But okay, I, I had a thought. I'll bring it up in a second. Okay. But anyways, I was in the choir, and so uh, just singing, and, uh, you know, then um, I actually began to teach a Bible, you know, John B. Hughes um, through Life Builders Ministry, and, uh, and then I also was teaching um, at the Victory Mission prior to being saved. But, boy, I'll tell you, when I got saved, it changed everything. Amen. Everything just seemed a little bit different. It had meaning. And so I continued on with the the singing, joyfully making a joyful noise in the Amen. choir. And I began to teach at the um, the kindergarten and, and stuff uh, in the kids' ministry. You remember, so. you, remember when, <laughs> you remember when you had that little rap group? Man, and y'all made that rap video at Crossway Baptist Church. <laughs> <laughs> what was you my mean, nickname? Uh, Jaybird. Yeah, but you all had you made that rap video. It was you and Tyler, and that girl would sing. Yeah, and y'all was out there, and you did a little video by the cross. Yeah, yep. you guys were prison posing out there by yep. the cross. I remember that. You know, I what I was your rap I, group? Whole, did, I whole did you, listen. Did your rap group have a name? And I'm not making fun of you. Uh. I believe we were called uh, Jesus Freaks. Okay. No, I, and That's, then you I stole that name. And, and then uh, we switched it to uh, Soul Winner Gang. Oh. And so, uh oh, come Soul on now. Soul Winner Gang Gang. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There you go. <laughs> they don't know. I just yeah fist bump myself. <laughs> well, that's interesting. It is. I thought I was gonna be a, a Christian rapper, and. Uh, I really did. I recorded music and uh, had all these went around and actually, uh, you know, shared at the youth at Crossway. Um, I just thought that's what I was going to do. And then, uh, but the problem was it was all about me and uh, it was an idol. And uh, I wanted it so bad prior to becoming a Christian. um, But when I got when you become a Christian, you know, your de- desires change. And uh, that's what happened. So my desires begin to change. And there's nothing wrong with Christian rap. No, there's not. I listen to Christian rap music, so. Me too. Uh, I'm not a rapper. I don't play one on TV. I t- wish I don't, you was. I don't play one on TV. <laughs> but uh, let me ask you a question on a serious note. Do you ever fear relapse? You know, I think it's uh, the right situation. Um, the right circumstance, anyone could fall. Yeah. Um, that includes me. Um, but I also believe that Jesus set me free. And, uh, and if I have the boundaries in place, um, then there, there's, there's nothing to fear in of that itself, you know, because I have the boundaries, I have accountability. Um, but I believe that Jesus took that, that, addiction away from me 
So, so today, Jeff, uh, you're a pastor. I am a pastor. And so you, you, uh, you know, some, some people may not know that about you, but you went from a homeless man living on the street, selling drugs, using drugs. You know, I call it domestic terrorism. You're a domestic terrorist. That's what I was. And, um, and now you're in the, you're in the same neighborhood you used to sell drugs at as a pastor of a church. Yeah, I got a. Uh, you guys can't see it, but I have West Side tatted on my forearm. It's spelled and, wrong too, and it it is spelled wrong. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> it might be. No, it's W S West Side four one seven, and uh, I grew up, and all my felonies were in, generally in West Springfield, um, minus the one in Willard, um, but. In the same very neighborhood that I, I got in all my trouble, I get to pastor a church. And I'd just like to say this. I'm surprised. Yeah. Amen. I'm surprised that I'm even sitting here talking with you. John, I, I'm surprised that I get to uh, go to the church. In fact, I want to cry, but I'm not going to. I, I'm, I'm surprised. Amen. God, God is full of surprises. I'm building a message on the wisdom of God. Uh, we've been going through First Corinthians here at Freeway North, and uh, going through the, the the book. And I've got some evangelist friend of my friends of mine coming from Louisiana mm -hmm. this week, but uh, so I'm not going to be there this week. But I'm working on some stuff, and so uh, the wisdom of God is the gospel, yeah. and it's hidden wisdom. The Bible says, and He says uh, that the wisdom of God is the foolishness of God is wiser than men, so he contrasts man's wisdom and God's wisdom. And it says the Greeks seek a sign, and the and the, and the Jews, the Jews seek a sign, and the Greeks seek seek wisdom. But, um, but the uh, the 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 but it talks about preaching Christ, and it says, but we preach Christ crucified. You know, to the Jews a stumbling block, to the Greeks foolishness. But to those who are being saved, it's the power of God and yes, salvation. Sir. Yes, and uh, you know He contrasts the wisdom of man and the, and the wisdom of God, and and so God's wisdom sees man's wisdom as foolishness. Man's wisdom sees God's wisdom as foolishness. foolishness, and the wisdom of God is is the is the gospel and the truth of the gospel. And it says, "Not many wise, not many noble, not many uh, mighty are called, but God has chosen the foolish things of this world." And so there's that contrast, Jeff. And so God called you because you can't brag on anything but him. And so I, I and that's the same thing I tell people about my life. And, and so uh, we have nothing to brag in about. Only thing we can boast in is God. Mm -hmm. And so he gets all the glory from Amen. that. And so it's, it's exciting. And I'm surprised. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm living a, a life full of surprises. And I believe one day when we get to heaven, God's going to. Put his hands on his knees, and so to speak. And I know God is a spirit, but and he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna say, "I bet you never seen that coming." Yeah, you know. And I think we'll be able to look over our lives. The God know. man's not a spirit no more, you know. So yeah, yeah, he, absolutely. He, he may do that. God is spirit. Those who worship him worship him yeah. in spirit and truth. And, and you know, and we don't know what he's gonna, what he's like. It says, and we're gonna get on. A t I'm tired, so there ain't no telling what I'm gonna say here. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> but it says we'll be like him. We'll see him as he is, and we don't know what he's like. Yeah. But um, but that's exciting. You know, he he is full of surprises, 
And you should be surprised. I am surprised uh, that I, I was thinking about this seven and a half years, seven, eight years since two, September 2014. Um, I got saved a year you know, later, November 2015, and now we're, it, it's 2022, right? And so I'm surprised it's gone that fast and that I've been set free from drugs and alcohol and this the short amount of time that what he has done in my life um, and just it I destroyed it in 28 years but he's almost redeemed that allowed me to redeem the time in such short amount of time you know so what is your family that's alive what do they think about who you are today I got to share this though yeah let's share it my when I begin to come around freeway and go to church um, God started to restore my my life with my family, my family life. And so um, my mom, um, one day I went to get her out of the nursing home, and uh, she was allowed to have a weekend, weekend pass, and she wanted to come to Freeway. And so uh, I don't know if you remember this or not. I remember. But, um, anyways, we, you, I don't know what she was preaching that night, but... Um, she just got up and at the altar call and just went forward on her own. And uh, I went down there and uh, Justin was on one side and we, we just prayed with her. And, uh, you know, she said she wanted to be saved. And uh, uh, Kenneth Brock's um, wife was the one that took her back to the room and she came out a new person. And this was uh, three months before she passes away. And my mom had COPD, so I understand the the oxygen tank and, and stuff like that. Um, and I remember uh, at Crossway, she all she wanted to do after being saved was to be baptized, and she couldn't take off that oxygen tank. And so uh, I, I I remember we was up there. Mark Mathis was singing "Bound for Glory," and uh, my brother Justin was on the other side. Um, who ended up giving his life to Christ at Freeway as well. And anyways, so we had to run the oxygen tank around the other side to give it to my brother Justin to, so my mom could get down into the baptismal. And uh, that's a big deal at Crossway because there's all those stairs to get up there and, and all that. And uh, um, so my mom got saved, and uh, God started to work on my relationship with my brothers and my sister and uh, has restored those. Um, here recently, um, last year, around uh, September, my dad uh, ended up getting COVID, and uh, he waited three weeks to go to the hospital. And, uh, and so, but he went to, to the hospital, and uh, while he was in that hospital, uh, God just basically allowed him to understand that eternity is waiting for him and he wasn't right with the Lord. And uh, I have text messages on my phone about those conversations between me and him. And uh, my, my dad ended up giving his life to the Lord. And uh, he went to the ICU, got out of ICU, thought, I was like, does this mean I get to baptize you now, dad? Cause we was thinking he was gonna die. And he's like, yeah. I was like, so I'll take you to the creek where nobody's around. And uh, it's just me, you, and the Lord. And he's like, no creeks. I don't want to hide. I want someone who is, was hard-headed as I was to come 
and receive Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. No hiding. I want all to see it. And my dad, like I said earlier, I think in the last podcast, uh, he wasn't the type of person who says something flippantly. So when he said it, you know, he was being serious. Yeah. And uh, and just that change in him in those conversations. And he ended up getting saved. And, well, the Lord and his wisdom, uh, a couple of days later, uh, he turned for the worse and went back into ICU. And... Uh, and they put him on a ventilator. We didn't keep him on him, the ventilator for too long. And he ended up, uh, um, you know, we took him off. He didn't last. He died. And um, I remember right before we took him off, though, this is this is cool about the wisdom of God. Um, my brother, Freddie, who isn't saved, um, he's a setting duck. But uh, asked me to pray before we took him off. Yeah. And... I got to share the gospel in that prayer. Amen. And uh, the same thing happened at the the uh, visitation a couple days later. Um, we uh, I got to share the gospel with all of his friends and all that stuff. And so if it took my dad passing away for somebody to hear the gospel message... And it becoming a, a seed that one day would be watered and uh, grow into to salvation. Then who am I to question God and his sovereignty? And I'll have the rest of eternity to. Um, so there's that side of my family. You know, they're they're they see the change and it's made a huge impact on their lives because, you know, they didn't go to church, but they can't question that God is or is it real? Because they know from from me and and the difference between the drug treatments, the prisons, how that can never change me, and then how the gospel and in my life when I met Jesus, the change that has taken place since then. Yeah. So they they can't question that. So there's that side of my family. Um, I met Alicia serving the Lord. She's my wife. And uh, at, at John B. Hughes, and uh, we have two beautiful little girls together, um, and a, a little boy, and uh, they're they're everything. So, yeah, God's blessed you, man. Yeah, you know, you got a wife that puts up with your junk. <laughs> I don't know why, you know, I knew it was the right one when at first, um. I broke it off with her because I didn't know, and it was a huge commitment. And what I thought my wife was supposed to look like wasn't who God had in store for me. And uh, that's that whole desire that God changes the desires of your heart. And so when we got married, she loses her job, and we we ended up moving to Omaha, Nebraska. And uh, while we were up there, she she almost left me because of my issue with pornography. And... uh, and we came back to the first year you guys did the Save Our City revival, and uh, she exposes that. And uh, I can look back now knowing that that she was the right, that was God's best because she wasn't, like you said, going to put up with, she wasn't going to put up with my stuff. So she was going to hold me accountable like a godly wife should. And uh, it, it's 
safe to say that from that whole experience, God has changed my heart and set me free from, from pornography and, and has built our relationship stronger because of that. Now, are we perfect? No, but um, we're striving to well, be Well, you got to get out of here then if you're not perfect. Is everybody Uh-oh. here? <laughs> yeah. Amen. Well, she's a beautiful person. Thank you. Yes, and she so is. I'm, I'm happy for you. And God knows what you need and who you need. And we always tell folks that the second most important decision they'll ever make is who they marry. Uh, and the first one is, of course, surrendering their life to Jesus. Amen. It's true. Um, so what... So what's what's uh, what's going on in your life, Jeff? Just tell them briefly, like, um, you know, where you're at today, uh, you know, about you being a pastor and the church you're in and how that happened. Just give yeah. me five, five minutes or so if you can. Okay. You give a preacher five minutes to speak is kind of hard. But anyways, but I'll do it, John. Okay. Uh, Try. All right. So um, in 2017, we moved to Omaha. And uh, God, through his sovereignty, I saw that um, this church in West Springfield, the same area that uh, I grew up in and got in a lot of my trouble in, needed a pastor. I, I didn't really have a resume, didn't really have any pastoral experience, um, didn't even at that time, I just started going to school for my associate's degree. And for whatever reason, I, I just put it in there, and uh, they called me as their pastor. And uh, to say it was easy at first, no, it wasn't. Um, there was a lot of learning curves, a lot of traditions that had to over overcome. The church went through a church split. It's Golden Avenue Baptist Church. Um, I remember the first day that I, I was there, um, when they were voting, somebody came up to me and said, there's someone outside smoking cigarettes. You know what I mean? I said, good. <laughs> and that same person turned in their keys and left the church. And uh, Is that, was, it, was that the split one person? No. And so the, the church began to grow. Um, and we went from 70 to about a, 115, 120 um, in just a matter of months. And, and then in February of, of 2020, um, I got called October 2019, February 2020. Somebody left the church, and a lot of the older existing members of the church left with him. And uh, then COVID happened. And so from, from there, uh, when we officially opened up um, to, to having services Again, from COVID, we had 17 people. And uh, it was very, it was really scary because the church had a $100,000 debt on a building. And uh, I just knew that there was no way that we were going to be able to even keep the lights on. But God is, uh, from that point, has just radically moved. So, um, Amen. Yeah. So you're in a church, 17 people. Um, of course, it's growing, right? You're paying your bills. Uh, you get to a place where um, you've got a congregation of how many people? So now we're now we're back to around a hundred. Okay. Um, so then all of a sudden, you know, we had a freeway kind of closed down in Springfield. 
COVID mm-hmm. issues, and it had been a long time since, you know, they had been able to have us come back to there. And so mm-hmm. we, uh, you came to me about, you know, we talked before about, you know, freeway and one of the graduates from, excuse me, one of the graduates from our disruption program and another graduate who actually married this gentleman, they felt called to Golden Avenue. Right. And then they approached me kind of about, hey, what do you think about doing a freeway there? And we needed a Friday meeting. And so we ended up launching Freeway West. West. And so um, very successful meeting. It's It's been phenomenal uh, just to see it grow and, and God use it. And so now you are a pastor at a church on the west side, um, having a freeway ministries as a part of your church, and you got saved at a freeway ministries. Right. And not only that, the person that had the freeway ministries at your church is also been sent out now to start Freeway West Texas. Right. And he, you know, and so another graduate from Freeway took his place. Yep. I mean, come on now. That's You can't make it up. You know, that's I exciting. Mean, it's awesome. So what's really that like is. for you? I mean, uh, my question is, did, did you ever think that your life would be like this? No, not at all. You know, uh, I'm sure if you was to ask S- Scott and, and Kyle, their why or Melissa and then Rebecca is soon to be Kyle's um, wife. Yeah. Um, you know, they would say the same thing. No. Seven years ago, I, eight years ago, I would have laughed in your face if this was even a possibility. Um, you know, when we started Freeway West, we we were really stepping out on faith because to be one, the, the church was never used to something like that ever. Um Financially, we didn't really have the finances to even make it possible. We didn't even have the bodies to make it possible, but we stepped out in faith. And, uh, you know, now on average, I would say around 100 to 120 people each week get the gospel message to them. Um, we, we feed them a warm meal. We have the clothing ministry um, and people getting plugged into the local church. And now we have local church, the church members there that were part of that core group, that 17 people who were from the old guard, I would say. They're being discipled by, um, you know, Kyle, who is now uh, uh, our director of Freeway West. But no, I, I never dreamed of, of this. I knew that God wanted a recovery ministry in West Springfield when I was there. That was one of my goals. But And when we talked with Scott Melissa, I said um, that we don't know that it's going to be freeway. And uh, just in God's sovereignty and through, you know, time, um, the door was open and we planted that March of uh, 2021. And, and it's been successful and life's, life, lives have been impacted but no, I never expected that. So what's your biggest burden, Jeff? Oh, man. My family. Yeah. I, uh, they are, you know, my, my kids, my, uh, my son to, 
I want to finish well. I want them to have an opportunity to to have my wife's testimony. She didn't grow up the way that you and I did, John, and she was saved at six years old. She grew up in church, and, and I, I want them to have those testimonies because I feel like those testimonies are are more of God's grace than someone like mine. That's just my opinion. But, you know, and I want our our wife and I, our relationship to grow um, and into more of, you know, a biblical marriage. Um, so my family, then my lost brothers and my, my, my sister, um, I, I'm burdened for them, you know. Um, Amen. Just want to finish well. What hurts you the most? You know, one of those, when we went through that church split, and uh, then when COVID happened, and I, we looked at opening up our doors again to invite people back to church. Um, I was I was calling everybody, um, and on my little pastor's book, and at each time I was told no, 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 and it crushed me. And I didn't realize, that's God's sovereignty. People had to leave to get to where we're at today. Um, but that, that hurt me. Um, right now, I think I'm in a good place. So we call it the dark underbelly of the church. Tom Maples, that's a quote from him. And it's... Uh, it's the stuff you don't see, you know, in ministry. Like today you see me, I'm very tired. Right. But it's not because I didn't sleep. It's because of people. Yeah. And uh, it's just you wear it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you just wear it. And so, uh, you know, sometimes it's a lonely place sometimes. It is. Being a pastor. It is. Because you can't share. It's just, you know, you can't. You know, you can't tell people about everything. And uh, it's some stuff you just got to, you know, talk to God about. And uh, and so your biggest burden, my biggest burden, is just making sure, in my opinion, uh, that I stay out of the way and I don't fumble the ball, mm. you know, because God has given us a, a daunting task here. Uh, much what is it much uh forgive for much love much yeah and you know there's also that responsibility that mean you have right and i don't want to fail i don't i don't want to you know it's just a huge responsibility and uh i will say that i've i've finished my bachelor's degree but i've learned more uh through and i plan on going back for my master's degree um, but I've learned through through hands-on experience more than a seminary could ever teach teach me. It's a different kind of learn. It's a different kind of know. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, everybody's got a plan, Mike Tyson says, till you get punched in the face. <laughs> and then their plans go out the window, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't learn how to fight by reading a book about karate. I mean, no. it just don't work that way. You, you got to learn. You, gotta... you, know, you don't learn how to work on cars by reading a manual. Right. I mean, you got to bust your knuckles. And so it's it's the grease between your fingers, man. You know, 
I look at the, the, those experiences the past, I would say, three years to get me to what got me to Golden Avenue and then through Golden Avenue to where we're at today, where I'm talking to you. I, I thank God for those moments, those difficult moments, because each, each moment of life, God puts roadblocks in our lives. And, and I, I could tell people this because I've went through it, that they're going to teach you about people. They're going to teach you about yourself, but ultimately they're going to teach you about God. And so if I wanted to experience the, the church split and then the COVID and then the herd of people telling me, well, we, we are, we're not coming back and being in this alone place to where all I have is to look up at God. I mean, I thank God for those moments because it, it's it's what is that verse you share in Romans? Which one? Um, uh, Romans three, Romans five, three and five. Oh, no. Romans five. Four and five, I think it is. Uh, uh, Romans five, uh, yeah, three and four. You want to read it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, not only that, Romans five, three, but we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations produces perseverance. The word perseverance is endurance. Yeah. Same thing. And so from that it says, verse four, perseverance produces, it doesn't say produces, but that's what I mean. Perseverance, character, and character, hope. You know? And that's exactly what... The past, I would say, when my wife lost her job and we went to Omaha, Nebraska, and all that, all those trials um, to get us to, to right here where, you know, we're at, at Golden Avenue Baptist Church and all that God has done and is doing is for hope and yeah. character. Yeah. So character is important, isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, someone you can be counted on. Yep. Uh, integrity all that uh, psalms 91 talks about uh hiding under the wings of the almighty mm. and uh the shadow of the wings being protected and he says that god will give uh the angels a charge, charge over you yeah. that you shall not dash your foot upon a stone and warren wearsby says that god doesn't move the stones out of the way he leaves them there <laughs> and uh, he's got a book that's good. Called uh, the bumps are what you climb on. Mm, I might have Phenomenal to get that book. It's a little bitty book. Yeah, I read it on my logos, but I read that. Don't read it every day, but I read a chapter today before I left home. And he he says, you know, the bumps are there, the roads, are, the stones are there. Where would you be without them? You know, mm-hmm. we preached on struggling last suffering last Saturday, and uh, I asked the crowd, what kind of person would you be if God didn't let you struggle? Right. What, what kind of person would you be if you never had to struggle? The struggles and the sufferings in your life have made you who you are. And um, thank God for that. So let me ask you a million-dollar question. Are you happy? I would say I'm beyond happy. I, I have joy. Amen. Joy from a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, the Holy Spirit lives in me. You know what I mean? God lives in me. And that joy of knowing that that I'm accepted, um, I, I have identity. My identity isn't in my relationship with my wife or the church, my, pastoring a church. It's it's not in a the car I drive or me being American or my my identity is in Christ. And um, despite what happens in life, the sufferings, the the trials, the tribulations, those things, I could count it all as joy. 
You know, it's funny because my next question is what brings you joy? And you just explained it. You so know, there it is. So, uh, Jeff, I'm proud of you. Thank you, brother. Uh, Pastor Jeff Stone King, Golden Avenue Baptist Church, Springfield, Missouri. Amen. If anybody wants to come and hang out with you guys. Yeah, and come, come on our way. What's your service times, Jeff? So uh, we have uh, on Sunday, uh, Bible Fellowship class at 930, service at 1040, and 6 p.m. on Sundays. Wednesday, we have uh, service at 630, and then our Freeway West service is also at on Friday at 6 o'clock. You could get a warm meal, and then the service is at 630, where Pastor Kyle um, will be the one pastoring that. So, amen. 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 Well, thank you. Thank you, brother. Yeah, thank it's an you. honor. Thank you all for tuning in. If you've enjoyed this podcast, uh, you can support us at freeway-ministries.com. This is a production of Freeway Ministries. Um, you can do a one-time gift or a monthly. You can become a monthly partner with us. I know Golden Avenue partners with Freeway and supports us financially, and we work together in that way, uh, reaching the heart of reach with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you like this podcast, and you would do us a big favor and share that on your social media platform with your friends and let them know uh, what God is doing and and sharing those stories of Amen. people and their brokenness. My name is John Stroop. Uh, Jeff, it's been good to have you. Thank you, brother. And we hope we uh, see you again sometime. Amen.